It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 133 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. And also Fanatics, Monday, Monday afternoon, the day after the night before, so to speak. And we're sitting here left, well, say left doing a big opportunity. I can't help but sit here and think, I agree with so many Evertonians that once again, you know, in in what's been an appalling season for us, make no mistake about it. But once again, we've been let down, had off, whatever you want to put it, by the officials in the Premier League, and it definitely cost us three points yesterday, didn't it, Lee? It did indeed, mate. It did indeed. I mean, we're ploughing a lonely furrow here again, aren't they? Me and you. Peter's copped out again. Um, I think he's sulking, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's sulking. He's locked himself in a dark room. Um, but no, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's. You know, we we were going to that game. All of us as fans, and I, I say I speak for all of us. I think most of us were going into that game thinking, right, this is it now. This is the opportunity to put the season to bed. Um, you know, against a Brentford team. Let's have it right. You know, they've they've been in good form. Um, I think they'd won six out of the last ten games. Um, Ericsson, obviously, as we know, making a huge difference to the way they play. Um, and then, literally, then to go into that game, start it the way we did with the, you know, even before kickoff. Again, the fans were magnificent, welcomed the team. You know, the bus str- even struggled to get down Goodison Road, didn't it, in order to get to the ground, which was amazing. Um, and that unity is powerful. We've talked about this before. I mean, that sense of unity where, you know, Lampard worded it brilliantly in his in his programme notes that, you know, the, the, a player, you know, feels everything, you know, from the fans when you see that or sense that unity. And we were riding the wave, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd had a decent set of results. Um, and I include Watford in that to some extent, and we'll come and talk about that later. But, um, and going into that game, that was the real opportunity um, having beat Brentford comfortably in the cup, albeit they were in a different type of form then. And everything went perfect at the start. You know, we should have been arguably two or three up. We looked right at it. We were cutting through them. Richarlison had some, you know, decent chance, particularly the header. I mean, Gordon really, for me, should have scored. But then Richarlison, I know he's nudged, probably should have put the rebound in still. Um, and everything was, all the signs were there for, for me for what would have been Definitely a comfortable, probably three or four, three or four goals, um, and then we, could, like you said, there finally put the season to bed. Um, and then out of nowhere, the whole momentum of everything was changed, wasn't it? On one moment, um, and I'm still now, even sort of coming up to 24 hours later, still now trying to sort of digest how how and why that happened, really. Well. 
we've we've seen it too often this season. You know, we, we can sit here yet again and go through what has gone before. But you know, looking at that in isolation, you know, we we see Richarlison, the ball's coming across. His shares is literally being pulled off his back by all accounts. You know, there's a lot of stills going around, which which clearly shows. I the referee's looking right at, right at it. By the way, not given. Ball is as much as Graham Souness uh, said that he believes that he put, he put a bit of draw on the clearance and he, and he meant it. He just hoofed the ball away. Um, Brown's base being caught too tight and wrong side, to be honest. Tangle of legs. And that, that incident in isolation is a red card. It's listening to the rules of the game. That, that's how it is. And, and we can't we can't argue over that. But the point, the point is, what should have happened? Now, I know they said they reviewed the penalty into them before Brentford got to take the free kick. They said there was not enough to overturn a decision. However, if a penalty would have been given, it wouldn't have overturned that decision either. So it, it, it's either going to foul or it's not. It's not it, it shouldn't be a grey area. It's either he's pulled his shirt and impeded them and clearly a penalty, which it was. Or it's not. We play on, red card, we, we get on with it. But it's obvious to me. It's, it's a clear and obvious error. If we're given the penalty... The red card is rescinded straight away because that incident occurred first. We could have then. We would either have been 1-0 up with 11 v 11 or best case scenario, we stick the penalty home. We go two up inside 20 minutes. We've got 11 v 11. The momentum's still with us. We're absolutely flying. There's no way we'll lose that game. But once again, we're at the mercy of absolutely appalling officiating. Yeah, bang on, mate. And, and from from supposedly the best referee in the country, you know what I mean, Michael Oliver, who um, who overall, I've the games I've seen him play in in this season, not just our games, by the way, where he's sent four players off in three games, which is unbelievable. Um, although to be fair, like you said there with Brampoy and with Rondon, they're both Reds. But, you know, with regards to Brampoint, I felt for the kid there. It's a real opportunity. Obviously, Keane was out through illness. Mina and Godfrey, again, looking like they may not potentially even make another game this season. We'll wait to hear from Lampard this week. And to be thrown into a high-pressure game like that, and, and to be fair, look, when he has played, particularly the Chelsea game and others, he's acquitted himself well. He's clearly a talent. He's well thought of in the club. There's other clubs sniffing around him. And like Lampard said, he'll learn... You know, he got the wrong side of Tony. And, you know, Tony, at the end of the day, has done him there. He had no intention of getting a shot off, did he? He had no intention. He was waiting for any sort of contact. And, you know, it's 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 inexperience, isn't it? It's inexperience. You know, it, in reality, it's very difficult to sort of not try and get touch tight when you're in that situation, when you realise you're, you're the wrong side. When in reality, he'd have been better off just probably letting him go through, you know, hoping that he takes a bad touch or hoping that Pickford bails him out. But even at 1-1 there, let's say he does score that. The way we were playing and the way the crowd were behind the team and, you know, as I said, there was a real sense of unity there between players and, and fans. And I still would have fancied us comfortably because they hadn't even laid a glove on us at that point. Um, and like you said, you know, when you look at that shirt pull, you know, they're saying it's a grappling of two players in the box and, you know, the guy is literally pretty much ripping it off his head. And, you know, Richarlison gets criticised for going down too often, sometimes too softly. And in some cases, you know, we'd agree with that as fans as well. But the irony there, he stays on his feet and tries to flick it over his head, doesn't he? And obviously the guy, you know, heads it and then, and then obviously get, gets it to, to Johnson, Janssen or whherever it is and he, and he, he plays that long-hoofed punt up the pitch. But I, the irony is if he'd have gone down, mate, they would have reviewed that and potentially got him to go over to the screen to have a look at it. And that's the thing. By staying on his feet, it's almost like, well, we'll, we'll go with the on-field decision because that's what they've said, haven't they? They'll go with the on-field decision. It wasn't a clear and obvious error and all that BS that comes out after the, after the event. So that completely changed, as I said before, the whole momentum of the game, not just amongst the players, but amongst the fans. It was like literally a balloon that had been popped, didn't it? Um, having said that, 
you know, they did get a very fortuitous goal themselves. I know, I know we came under for a little bit after that and we naturally retreated, which is human nature in that situation. But, you know, I thought the lad had finished it well. I mean, first and foremost, by the way, it didn't look like a corner. Mikolenko was protesting massively with the liner, wasn't he, as well? I think he'd done his job there and I don't think it was a corner, but that's, that's by the by, that sometimes happens. Um. We just don't deal with it. You know, we, go, we get it away initially and we just don't deal with it after that, do we? And we let them get it back in. It's a good ball into Tony. He's driving it across the box. You think the danger's over. And then obviously the, the lads put it in the far corner and it looks like a great finish. But in reality, it's massively fortunate, isn't it? Massively fortunate because if that misses Coleman, it's going nowhere. There's no, no yellow shirt in that getting on the end of that. And it either goes out for a goal kick or, you know, either, I think it was Calvert-Lewin, wasn't it? A whole gate was behind it. So it was massively fortuitous there. You know, how's your luck in a game like that when you've already been done over once? But then we recomposed ourselves and, and then and obviously got the penalty, didn't we? And you can talk about the pen leading up, or potential pen leading up to their, uh, to the red card, sorry. But for me, the biggest, biggest mistake by a mile from the referee was not, Booking there, lad. Uh, the second yellow card there. He's given the penalty because it was a clear penalty. So that hasn't had to be reviewed. The guy's not only grabbed him, he's also kneed him in the hip as well. How how on earth can he not give a second yellow card there? If that, you know, Even if that was on the halfway line, it's still going to be a booking, isn't it? Because it's cynical. And I, I just cannot for the life of me understand even Richarlison before he took the pen was saying how on earth is this not a second yellow and obviously then he's got to recompose himself and put the pen away and it was look a pressure penalty he took it brilliantly but I don't know what you think Mike I think that for me was 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 unforgivable that decision more so than the other one it was almost as if because VAR were reviewing a potential red card for the challenge on Richarlison potentially last man it was as if well it's not a red card so that's that. Now, what, what Oliver should have really done there is gone penalty, yellow card, you're off. And there'd be no need for any kind of review in terms of red card. He should have dealt with the foul as it happened. Not wait, not wait for a VAR review on a red card because it was a bookable offence. Now, if he gets sent off, we're down to 10 v 10, we're 2-1 up. The game changes again. The momentum shifts. Potentially, we get back to where we were in those first sort of 20 minutes or so, and we can take control of the game again. And again, it wasn't to be. Now, we're not talking about little things from the officials. It's always, for me, glaring mistakes. You know, we, we, we see away at Brentford Day on the season, Rondon's having his share pulled over his, over his head again. Nothing's given. We look at the handball against City, the handball against Southampton, the penalty against Tottenham that we got that was overturned which was just ridiculous. There's four penalties. Throw into the mix Anthony Gordon at Anfield a couple of weeks ago. There's five. Now, you know, we we potentially could be 10 points better off, if not more, if the referees and the officials, they brought in VAR to try and correct these kind of issues. Now, we, we could be 10 points better off, if not more, in a much, much healthier position, you know, we haven't performed this season. We performed under par. There's been many issues which we've gone through over the course of the season on this show. But there's no way we should be where we are. And we wouldn't be where we are if the officials did the job properly. You can accept mistakes now and again. And listen, it happens. We we understand that. But not not that. Not 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 two huge decisions in one game. That literally I've changed the game. We could have been safe. We could have been celebrating the fact that we we got ourselves safe with two games to go. And instead, now we're looking at yet another Navy game in Goodison Park on Thursday against an informed and decent Crystal Palace side who are well drilled, who've got quick and strong players. We're missing players through injury and now two more players through suspension. And this could have all been avoided if the officials had composed themselves and officiated correctly. And I don't want to be one of those who it was just solely blaming poor officiating for our. Uh, because it's not that, and like I could just said we've been poor this season, and Everton have not played well for the vast majority. But there's no way that we should be where we are, even if we got if we got five of those ten decisions that they've got wrong, whatever the the, the, the um 
the amount might be we'd be in a much better position. And I'm sick and tired of going on about it. Maybe because we are where we are, and it hurts that little bit more. But like you said, it sucked the life out of the stadium because it was absolutely rocking for those first 18, 20 minutes. It was incredible. The scenes beforehand were, were almost biblical. I've never seen anything like it. It, it trumped the Chelsea game by 100%. It was just absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, the, the players, as Frank Lampard said, they can't help but be, be motivated by it and, and, and it can't help but, but impact them. And then we, we get the same, the same nonsense served up from officials again and again. And that was it. Then once we went down to 10 men, even a 2-1 a half time, I mean, we, we, you know, we spoke, didn't we, briefly? And we were both on edge because, like you said, we then retreated, didn't we? We, we retreated too much almost, which we'll discuss in more detail. Um, even a 2-1, we were never comfortable. We were inviting pressure. And then it fell apart once you got that second goal, didn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a really tricky situation, isn't it? Because... <clears throat> Scoring just before half-time in a game, like you said, we were in full control. I think we'd had six shots in the first 15 minutes before the red card. I think, I think two were on, two or three were on target as well. So we were clearly in the ascendancy. The irony is they didn't even have a shot on target until, you know, the 40th minutes. And like even the, obviously, the, you know, the, the own goal, they hadn't even had a shot on target before their goal. It, it was that bad. So that shows you the dominance we were doing. And then we were having... But you're right... Um, you know, it it just it's a, such a difficult situation, isn't it? Because our bench is down to the bare bones, particularly defensively. Um, clearly, as clear as day, and we'll know this as well. You know, Davis and Alan clearly weren't fit enough to come on because there's natural substitutions that you'd have. That, you know, defensive-minded players. I thought Andre Gomez was playing well, eleven v eleven. He was getting on the ball. He was switching the play. He was keeping the ball well. But we all know without the ball, you know, particularly with 10 men, Andre's, you know, I'd go as far as to say a liability in a way because he can't cover the pitch. That's not his strength. And then, yeah, you know, having that lead, we we, we just retreated straight away, didn't we? We retreated straight away from the kickoff. We invited the pressure. And, you know, we had Seamus Coleman at right back. Jack Yelka made a great point saying, I think I've seen Seamus play centre-back a few times, even when I was there, he said. But I don't think I've, that was always in a three. I've never seen him play centre-back in a two. So you're asking Seamus to play centre-back in a two. Holgate, who for me, as we know, like Keane, needs a leader alongside him. It can be a bit of a liability sometimes. We know that he's, he's, he's open to rash moments. So just when you needed a, you know, a meaner type figure there, even half fit would have made all the difference, wouldn't it, in terms of his leadership and his ability to sort of calm the defence and sense danger and everything else. And, you know, we had then Awobi playing right back. Now, I know he's been playing right wing back under this sort of new formation we've been playing and he's played it very well. But obviously a right back, as we know, is a completely different role, isn't it, as part of a back four. And, and you know, he was, thro- he was thrown into that as well. So, we had square pegs, round holes all over the place. And, you know, it was, we just didn't look solid. You know, we've had games and, and we can reel off games, particularly under Carla, where, you know, we've seen games out for long periods of time just by having, you know, great organisation. But it's all well and good having a great setup and organisation, but you need the personnel in there as well. And we didn't have the right personnel to be able to see that out. As I said, we'll discuss that in the next part in terms of the tactics and whether you know we thought Lampard was at fault with that, etc. But you know, and their second goal comes along, and we'd already conceded a, a couple of free kicks around the area, particularly one from Ericsson on the left hand side, didn't we? And the guy's got great quality. We know that. I mean, he's up there for me with, with, with De Bruyne esque in terms of his delivery into the box and everything else, and his ability to spot a pass with both feet. We, we were asking for trouble with him then. They've clearly worked on that corner. Richarlison, who's obviously marking the near post, switched off for a second. And then Wisser is obviously... I mean, look, I said this to you before, Mike. It's a good header. It's a great header in a way. But it's also one of those there where, for me, he's flicking that on to try and get it into an area in the back post. To flick that on from there, from that angle, and for it to literally dip over everyone into the far corner... They could take that corner 30 times and that not happen. Do you know what I mean? So 
again, whilst it was a good header, there's a massive element of fortune where it ended up in the far corner as well. And, you know, the, the, that was the equaliser and that deflated us again because then all of a sudden we're thinking, right, a point's still not good, good enough to keep us up. You know, we're, we're caught between a rock and a hard place then going, OK, do we take the point as it is now? And then before we could even gather ourselves, you know, we've capitulated again, haven't we? And, and Gordon, who was knackered, to be fair, and let's be honest, he's not defensively minded. He switched off completely, hasn't he? And the lad, the left back, who looks a talent, by the way, has, has, has got has got the wrong side of him. And, and before you know it, it's three two. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, what should have been a comfortable game, like we said before, should have been a comfortable win, is suddenly, you know, we we need to get a goal from somewhere here. Um, and they just effectively just kept the ball then, didn't they, and sat off and. Ericsson started dropping deeper and keeping the ball, using his experience. And, you know, we barely laid a glove on them after that, other than potentially, obviously, Decore had a chance at the back post, should have done better. And to be honest, even at, even at 2-1, the first minute of the second half, Dom there, he, he, he's got to score that for me. He's got to score. You know, there's been times when he, I know he's missed a lot of the season, but there's been times this season where he always seems to be half a yard off those crosses that are coming into the box. You know, my memory's not as great in terms of remembering the particular games, but I can think of at least three or four occasions where he just he's just late to the ball. You know, it's a great ball in from Richarlison. That. Imagine he gets on that or gets any, he's trying to chest it in the end. He only needs to get the slightest deflection on it to steer it in, doesn't he? Because the pace is on the ball. And if that goes in and it's 3-1, then there's a real, then the crowd are up then going, right, they're going to need three now to get, to, you know, to, to get on winning terms. So that's a massive moment in the game, isn't it? It's a huge moment, as you say. If it, go, if it goes to 3-1, you've got a two-goal lead to defend. You feel that a little bit more comfortable. Even then, I mean, you know, you, you're still up against it, but you feel that a little bit more comfortable. I and mean, whether it's to do with sharpness with, with, with Dom, you know, maybe last year he would have taken that extra half a step and he would have been there and got on the end of it because it's a fantastic ball which has been fizzed across from from Richardson, but it wasn't to be. And, and then chances were few and far between. You mentioned, obviously, the, the Corey header, which wasn't great, to be honest. Uh, I think he was probably in two minds, to be honest, about actually going for goal or, or trying to put the ball back across. And it was just, just wasn't going to be. I, I said to you after 80 minutes or so, I said, we're getting nothing here. It's, it's the, the game is done. You know, and then Rondon comes on for his four-minute cameo and decides to get himself sent off. And it was just, I think that game... Yesterday was was literally our, our season in a game, to be perfectly honest, in terms of what we were served up. Um, you know, the, I'll argue a little bit of poor defending for, for, for their goals and poor officiating, and it's been Everton all season, to be honest. And that it, it came as a little surprise, as I say, when they got ahead, Brentford, that we, we didn't really lay a glove on them. And, you know, the, the fans who have been exceptional, you know, but it was just one of those games where, when so much has gone against you, it's so hard to then try and rally the troops, so to speak, and get yourselves, you know, back shouting, singing, etc. But it's it's disappointing because we, you know, I was sitting here at one nil, thinking, listen, we're we're, we're in five four, we're, we're going to, as you said, going to score three or four, not, no problem at all. Thinking about going on Thursday and, and thinking about how much I was looking forward to it, and you know, and, and then as, as football always does, it you know, it, it can turn. So so dramatically and so quickly, and that's that's what happened. And we we go into Thursday now, need to regroup. Hopefully, getting a couple of players back. Um, fans have got to regroup. Listen, what happened on uh, on Sunday afternoon has got to be repeated because we've got to get behind them. You know, when we've still got, we've still got another game after that, so let's not dismiss the fact that we've got to go to Arsenal. Football this season and every other season should should show you. Nothing is, is, is predictable in football. So we shouldn't be dismissing games that we've got to play. Still in our hands, which is the important thing. But we've got a, you know, a better showing on Thursday is imperative. Like I said on Twitter last night, you know, Keane comes back in. Godfrey, I still believe he's in with a shout. You know, get him back in. If Alan's fit, put him back in. Keep 11 men on the pitch. And as fans, we'll, we'll try and do the rest. That's all that we can do. Um I mentioned that to you, didn't I? I mean, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Massive credit to the fans. It was highly charged. Like you said, biblical is a great word. It was almost very much biblical. 
but as players as well, as well as using it to you know lift them and lift their performance and energy, they've also got to keep cool heads in that environment. You know, and and, and you you sure Seamus, you know, we all love him. You know that bit when Richarlison was injured and they wouldn't kick the ball out, and in the end, Ericsson kicked it out, and Seamus was you know, was on him. And I clearly lost the plot a little bit there, didn't he? You know what I mean? He was screaming at him, like, you know, in his face. And Ericsson was clearly saying, look, I've kicked it out, mate. You know, it was me that kicked it out. You know what I mean? And he's got to keep his head there. You know, that, that he's the captain. Yes, there's been an injustice at that point, And yes, he's right to be annoyed. But you've got to keep ahead of him. You've got to keep your head, haven't you? You've really got to. He's the captain. He's, he's the leader on the pitch at that point. He's got to be galvanising the team and not losing. And that's such a fine line when when the crowd are it's as fantastic as they are, and they will be hopefully again on Thursday. You know, we're going the game on Thursday, and we'll we'll try and create that atmosphere as much as we can. It, the players have also got to channel that in the right way. They've got to channel it and 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 you know, yes, use it as I said to raise their level, but also use it to just, just keep a calm head as well. You know, keep a calm head in in, in what will be a cold room environment. The game against Palace is always a tough game, particularly at Goodison. It always seems to be in the lights. When you think of the old games where Balassi has torn us apart down the left, you know, uh, you know the, the battles that he's had with Coleman and Zahar and people like that. We've always had tricky games with them, haven't we? You know, we always have. And, you know, they've had our number a couple of times this season at home, at their place. But we owe them one. But going back to it, as I said, I think, I, I don't know what you think. It's, it's such a charged atmosphere. Players have got to channel that in the right way. Definitely, haven't they? Well, that, that, that's the right expression, isn't it? We've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. What what we've done as fans has been exceptional. And we discussed it last week as well. And, you know, I was obviously at Leicester away, which was just absolutely sensational in terms of the atmosphere that was created that day. Um, the scenes at Goodison for Chelsea. And then again, I mean, say Brentford game was just out of this world. And we we will do that. And we will, do our, we will play our part. But the players have got to harness that. They can't go in there fully charged. And that's when, you know, they make rash decisions. And people do get sent off, you know, and that's what we need to be looking at. You've got to, you've got to harness that energy, harness the, the support and, and the love from from us fans, but use it in the right way. You know, yeah, Leeds Leeds have struggled with it, haven't they, recently? That you know, being over 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 enthusiastic. You know, they've had two sendings off in two games, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. and, and obviously we've had two in one game there. Um and, you know, Rondon, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, he's obviously come out and apologised afterwards, but, I mean, he's given us no hope then of even trying to get something. You know what I mean? And mm. you can understand Lampard holding off in that, you know, sub in, in, in one way, thinking that if it does go against us, we need to make an attacking change. But, you know, he's completely killed it for us there, hasn't he? Um, yeah. He's lost the ball and he's flown in like an idiot. And, and obviously, it's a clear red. He's left the floor and he's caught him on the ankle. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so... Look, obviously, the key bit was the, the tactics element and whether it was Lampard and the players. And I know you said you want to talk about that as well, don't you? Yeah, you know, we haven't really touched heavily on the tactics, especially post-red card. But there's been a lot of sort of dissenting voices after Wofford in the week when we, we got a nil-nil draw. Um, and also people then questioning what, what Frank Lampard did yesterday when we went down to 10 men. So we're going to discuss that after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, and it's it's all it's all tactics talk, and you know a lot of people people always think, don't they? It's the modern age where 
people like to discuss tactics of a, of a football team and, and how we line up from the the uh, the outset and you know when when things go against you in a game what you should be doing and, and it goes back really for us to Watford you know the Watford game another opportunity to pick up three points against a depleted Watford side and and Frank Lampard set up not to get beat it's that simple really you know we went there not to concede we didn't concede and I look back on it and I I thought you know listen it's it's a decent point we're we're going to be our own to Brentford we've got our own to Palace. We, we can, you know, we can do it then. I wasn't, wasn't too concerned. But what we've seen since what happened against Brentford is people are now turning a little bit and saying, you know, those those people who were excusing what happened and Watford and were happy with the points. Looking back on that now, you're not so not so happy now. And I think, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But Frank Lampard, what he has done, and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with me, Lee, is that he's made us difficult to beat for the last few weeks to make sure we can pick up points of, of some sort. And going into the game against Brentford, we, we picked up, was it 10 points within uh, from five games, you know, which we all would have been delighted with um, going back a few weeks ago after what we've been through in, in recent times. And, I mean, what, what, what was your thoughts on the on the Watford game? Were you, were you disappointed with it? Were you happy with the points? No, we've, we've, we've talked about this, haven't we? There's a small minority of fans at the minute are now turning around and say, using it as a stick to beat Lampard with and say, look, see, you should have gone all out against Watford and, 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 and you know, brushed them aside like Leicester had done. Leicester have put five past them. What the hell are we thinking? And it, it's, a really, it, it's not as simple as that, is it? It's always a lot more complex than it looks. For a start, Watford had just been relegated. So, and I know they had players out and they had some key players out. So they were weaker they would normally be. But at the same time, we've been playing a certain way against Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool, and even Leicester at home, where we've given up the ball. We talked about this in, in, in the podcast last week, where Lampard was prepared to play, essentially, look, sit-off football, counter-attack football, isn't it? And, and prepared to have 30-odd percent possession. Um, but then when we counter, you know, be solid and then counter, counter with purpose. And that's yielded results, you know, we should have won the Leicester game really based on chances. You know, they dominated the ball completely, but, you know, Richarlison had two or three really good chances in that game. He should have had a hat-trick at least, uh, including missing an open goal and a free header. You know, if one of those goes in, we're safe now. Do you know what I mean? And that's the difference. Uh, Liverpool game, again, it worked to a point. You know, and we were unlucky there with Gordon not getting the penalty. But again, we looked solid. We frustrated them. Um, and then obviously the Chelsea game it yielded a great result because we played that way. And it was the same against Leicester again away. We played a certain way, sat off, and obviously, you know, we've, we've managed to win the game, which is a fantastic win. A win that, you know, our first away win since August last year. Massive win. So, so then suddenly, three days later, amongst a huge fixture congestion, Lampard really, you know, having to pretty much play the same side. You've got results against Chelsea. You've got results against Leicester because he trusts those players to play in that way. To go to Watford then and think, right, are we going to go completely different style now? We're not going to sit off. We're going to basically try and play the way he played when he first came in. High press, front foot, attacking football, take the game to them. And then potentially getting risk, risk being more open or the game being more open. And then getting picked off by João Pedro, someone like who's obviously got quality. You know what I mean? And the first priority there for me in that game was to keep a clean sheet and then back the fact that we've got enough talent to be able to score a goal. Now, in the end, after a reasonable start from them, they made it clear that they didn't want to concede themselves. They just completely set off. It forced us to, you know, to have to take the game to them. And, and we've said this all along. When teams have sat off against us, we just haven't had the creativity this season to break them down. If you look at the points we've accumulated, it's normally been against teams that have come on to us in the top half of the table. We've really struggled against the lower teams who, you know, when we have more of the ball. And you know, as we've said before, with no Hamez, no Dina, and other players in there who are real threats for us, you know, in terms of creativity, and are no longer in the side. So, so we just haven't got the personnel to sort of really open open the door, have we, when it comes to playing against teams like that? So in the end, it's a real sort of false argument to say. Yeah, well, look, Leicester put five past them. Well, hold on. Leicester have got nothing to play for. Jamie Vardy's back in the side, so they're buoyant as hell with him being back. And they can, you know, they've got no pressure whatsoever. 
no pressure on them at all. They're safe. They're playing with freedom. You know, for us going into that game, it's a massive game. There's pressure all over it. You know what I mean, to try and to make sure we get something out of it. And in the end, you know, we got a point. Okay, yes, on you know, we probably should have should have nicked it really with a couple of chances we had with Gray and Richarlison. One was a great save, one was a bad miss. But ultimately, I just think now's not the time to be turning around and laying in on Lampard. And as I said, it's only a small minority, but they're using it now to say, yeah, he's massively at fault for that result. Yeah, and it's always the way, though, isn't it? I mean, when, when we suffer a couple of negative results, and, and I include the Watford one in that because people weren't happy with the outcome, I think it's easy then to look at, OK, you can be blamed for that, and what should we have done differently? And I'm sure... You know, the mind just sat down with the players and gone through what could we have done differently. Well, first of all, we could have scored one of those two chances that Richards and Demai Gray had a great save from Ben Foster in front of his GoPro in the corner of the goal. Um, and and Demai Gray snatched the shot when you really take take half a second more and you score. And you know, Demai Gray in, in August, September scores that. It's it's as simple as that. Um, but then it brings us on to what happened against against Brentford and you know. What, what, what could we have done differently when we went down to 10 men? You said earlier on that naturally, you know, it's human nature that it, when you're down to 10 men, I think Mahir Richard said the same thing on Sky. Naturally, you, you're going to want to drop. You, you've got to lead to defend as well. So you're going to sit. Um, could we have done something differently? Could Frank Lampard have done something a bit different there to, to try and make us more of a threat going forward to take a little bit of pressure off the, off the defence? Yeah, it'd be very interesting to be in a fly on the wall in the dressing room at half-time, wouldn't it? To see what conversations we've had. Because as we said, we scored that penalty to go 2-1 up. We've got some of them to protect now. You know, we've got 45 minutes. If we keep a clean sheet, we're safe. You know what I mean? And it's it's, it's it, yeah, any other game there, other than that type of scenario, let's say that was a, the 10th game of the season, I think it'd have been very different, wouldn't it? But the fact, you know, it's a crucial game. We've got 45 minutes to sort of, as I said, see it out. and. You know, it would have been very interesting if it was 1-1, if we'd have set up like that in the second half. But I, he's clearly, you know, him and him and his assistant and, 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 and Clement and everyone else and the whole team have probably got together and gone, right, do we back ourselves now to basically keep these guys out? And, you know, this is where I am going to be slightly critical in the fact that we did. I texted you then after 10 minutes of the second half saying, we've dropped right to the edge of our box here straight away. And the problem with doing that is that they were effectively, particularly down their left side, our right, they would literally get into the edge of our box without anybody engaging, weren't they? And they were allowing them to put crosses in and get balls in behind. And we were defending a little bit like the Alamo straight away. You know, as I said, Ericsson put in a great cross. and things like that. The irony is, though, Mike, you know, they only had one corner in the whole of the second half, Brentford, and they scored from it. Do you know what I mean? So, it, you know, it's not as if they had, you know, they were absolutely bombarding us and they had, you know, 10 corners in the space of 40 minutes or in that. They were, they, were, they were just patient, weren't they? And they used the ball well. You know, a lot of made was, was made of Thomas Frank, who I like personally. I think he's been good for the Premier League. He's, he's a very honest guy. He speaks well. Um, you know, and obviously they were making a point. Jagielka certainly was how they took the centre-halves off and brought on effectively defensive midfielders who've got more quality on the ball and things like that. Look, it's easy to turn out, you know, in, in inverted commas, a tactical masterclass, like some people have said. Well, when in reality you're safe and you can afford to experiment because the game means nothing to you, really. You know what I mean? So it's a tricky one for Frank there. And the fact that, you know, with the personnel again, he had available to him. As I said before, Alan clearly mustn't have been fit. Otherwise, he'd have been on straight away. Davis has only just come back from a bad injury. He hasn't got any other centre-half he can bring on. And, 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 you know, shore it up and someone will spot the danger more other than the young lad on the bench. So it's a really, really tough situation for him. And, and you know, at 2-2 there and then 3-2 straight away, it, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to come back from, like you said, Dan. And if I am being slightly critical, I do think we dropped too deep too early. Personally, I'd have, I'd have gone 4-3-2 or even 4-4-1. And then add Richarlison and, had, and and just gone long, just gone long and had Richarlison hovering around Calvert-Lewin and carrying some sort of threat. If we'd have carried some sort of threat going the other way, it would have been less of a barrage on us, wouldn't it? You know, we'd have said to the fullbacks, you just stay, stay back, drop off, don't bomb forward, 
and then you know just carry something. You know, hit, Dom was winning his fair share ahead us, wasn't he? And you know, just carry something going the other way because Brentford, look, they're a good side, but you know, it's not as if we had ten men against City or Arsenal or, or you know Tottenham or some, someone of that level, was it? It's against it's against Brentford, you know, and a top side then. And I know we're not a top side. Even with ten men, would have still probably kept the ball a lot better than we did, and and that was the problem. We ended up dropping off. We had no outlet, and then they were just they were just you know attack after attack after attack until they got to three two, and then it sort of slowed down again, didn't it? I, I do think that the, the the pressure of the situation is certainly one of the key factors in in what we're what we're doing, what we did against Brentford in particular in terms of. The players naturally just just dropping and sitting deep, and then thinking, right, just get the ball clear, and then we'll try and defend again. Get the ball clear, and there's only so often that that door can sort of creak open, and you can, you know, we, we were letting Brentford get to the edge of the box or get into wide positions and put the ball in, and, and we were thinking, oh, we'll deal with the cross when it comes in. Well, we've got one centre half on the pitch in Mason Holgate. We ended the game with Holgate, Michalenko, Seamus Coleman at centre half in a two, and John Joe Kenny, and that was our back four. Now. Now, I'm not being funny. That 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 back four start on any of any Premier League game will give you nightmares. And that's no offense to the likes of Michalenko and you know Coleman in particular, who's, who's better at right back. But you know, Holgate's always got a mistake in him anyway. He needs a, a Yerimina alongside him, I think, to guide him through. And John Joe Kenny just doesn't cut it from a, a quality point of view anyway. Um, so we were never ever going to keep them out for that length of time because we didn't have the, the size. I mean, Bransbeck going off was a big blow because of that. You look at what was left when he got sent off in terms of height. There was Dom and that was it. There was Dom. You know, Mason Holgate's what's maybe 6-1. Decore's 5-11. You know, Richardson's decent in the air, but he's not massive. He's and they're good, except they're, good, they're, they're good in the air, aren't they, Brentford? They've got some big lads as well, haven't they? They are, yeah. They're, they're, they're good in the air. They're, they're, they're well drilled. And, you know, they, they did as a, you know... From from obviously uh, a couple of set pieces really, but we, we lost our height and we didn't have much of it to start with because we had no Yerimina, we had no Michael Keane, it was just Brantwick and Dom, and then that was it. So really, really difficult from a, a physical point of view to keep them out as well. And it was always going to be, I thought, set pieces that undid us really because of that particular fact. Um, do you think? Do you think then? Just for, throw the question back on you, mate. Do you think then? It's an instruction from Lampard and, and the team then to go, look, lads, start the second half, just drop off straight away. Because they dropped off right to the 18-yard box, wasn't it? Like I said, you know, they we didn't engage with them at all in midfield. They were literally walking into our half without anybody going near them. And do you think that was from, A, do you think it was from the manager? Or B, do you think it was from the players? And And on top of that then, if it was from the manager, was that way too much too soon? Well, I, I do think there's certainly a message has come out to, to drop that bit deeper. But I think he probably expects a bit more quality when we've got the ball and the players not to panic. And I think the players were panicking. It was anywhere we'll do. You know, just get the ball cleared. You know, if we go long, sort of aim where, where Dom is. A lot of the time, he had three players around him. So what's, what's he going to do? So do you think he was the manager then? Do you think he was the manager who said, I said to them, I think he said to them, you've yeah. you got to sign this in here. But yeah. when we do get an opportunity, let, let's try and break with a bit of quality and let's try and commit at least sort of two with the Charles and, and Dom. And we weren't doing that. You know, we, we weren't. We were just trying to survive. And I think then there's the overlap there from what Frank Lampard's telling the players to do and the players naturally going into the shell and just thinking, listen, we'll defend it, but like the Alamo, but we'll, but we'll try and defend what we've got. So I think it was a combination of the two, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, the thing is you know, even even if you've got Delph and Alan on the bench there, who are even half fit and can play 45 minutes, say, bringing on someone like Delph and Alan in that situation would have really, I think, calmed the team down a little bit, isn't it? Delph in particular recently, for all the criticism he's had in his Everton career, he's been one of our best players recently, hasn't he? He's one of the reasons why we have been pretty solid at the back in the fact that he's been, you know, he, he's disciplined, he sits in that position in front of the back four. You know, he's pretty decent in possession, isn't he? Doesn't doesn't panic, doesn't give the ball away, or he hasn't been recently. So, you know, even someone like Delph and or Alan in that situation there, you'd have felt with two banks of four, go on, go and break us down. It would have been 
it would have been easier. But having said that, you then got, like you just said before, you then got a situation where you've got Seamus, Kenny, Holgate. You know, I mean, two banks of form playing like a training game for 45 minutes. Those guys are not going to be your first on your team sheet, are they, in terms of trying to keep a clean sheet? Yeah. Like you said before, Holgate can be a liability. He can lose his head at the wrong moment. Seamus is just, as I said, never really played in a two. And is obviously, you know, can be dominated in the air. Um, you know, we we're asking Gordon to keep on tracking back their 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 fullback who was basically playing as a winger. And to be fair, you know, for 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 sixty minutes before he was taken off, he, you know, he was knackered when he did he did a, did a half decent mm-hmm. job, but then obviously was clearly at fault for the goal. So, you know, it, it was just a massive ask. You know, the, the personnel I said I keep on coming back to that, but what we had available there, it was such a tough decision for the manager, isn't it? Because he looks at his bench around him going. What can I bring on here now to really shore this up? Um, and that and that that for me was was just the, the toughest part. Yes, he is getting a bit of a kicking from some sides, but you know, let's have it right. I think ultimately, when you look at the messy inheritance and everything else, he's done a half decent job. Um, and and Lampard overall, as in you know, endeared himself to the fans. On the whole, he's united the fan base. And even before the game, I want to mention this as well. That you know, the way the way he surprised a lot of fans by meeting up, didn't he, with several fans who've been behind, creating this atmosphere recently. Some key figures there. They were told to come. I mean, you'll know more than me. You keep abreast of it better than me. But apparently, they were told to come down to Goodison, weren't they? And then apparently, they weren't told Frank was going to be there. But he met them all on the pitch. There was loads of photos doing the rounds on Twitter, and you know, every single one of them had a real positive thing to say about him. And, you know, for me, he didn't have to do that, did he? Didn't have mm. to. In fact, I've never even heard of any manager doing that, to be honest. Didn't, he didn't um, have to do that. Did, didn't Mike Walker do it back in the day? No. Mike <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. No is the short answer to that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It, it, like, the point I'm saying is that sums up the man, doesn't it? It sums up the man. You know, and, and to be honest, you know, he will learn a bit on the job sometimes. He is inexperienced. You know, but but look at the candidates we had when the job became available. You know, okay, we had Ancelotti. I mean, that was one, you know, one in a million. The fact we managed to get in, but he he left as soon as an, you know, anyone half decent came across his desk. He left. So for us to be able to attract someone of that caliber is almost impossible. You know, and we are going to have a ride under Lampard in, in this. There are going to be tough times, but ultimately, I want us to sort of have three transfers, three summer transfer windows with one manager here now. Let him build something. Let him build a, you know, a team in, in his identity, in his vision. And there will be bumps in the road. There's going to be bumps in the road. It's inevitable. But if we can see that bit of progress under him and see an identity, you know, because he'll win the fans over because of who he is and how he comes across. He's clearly a decent fella. We can see that. He's honest in his post-match interviews. He's honest about the team. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's what we want as fans. And his programme notes summed him up perfectly. I mean, you know, those programme notes were absolutely bob on, weren't they, in terms of, you know, what he wants to see as an Everton team? Yeah, that, he's one of those managers who, who's clearly connected with the fan base. Um, he's well thought of it within, with inside the club. And, you know, we keep on using the phrase, he gets us, but he gets us. He gets more than football. He, he enjoys the club. He knows what the club means to us all. And he's doing whatever he can to get us out of the the hole that we're in and you know that that what he did with the with the fan groups um last week was was brilliant to see you know and and totally deserved as well i might add because the work that they've put in behind the scenes to, to, to get us where we are in terms of you know greeting the coach um at goodison park seeing the coach off on the way to to leicester and wofford getting inside the ground get, getting more flags you know banners things like that it, it, it's a lot of hard work. It's not easy to, to do that and 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 make or me encourage Evertonians to assemble, you know, two hours before kickoff. And it's what they've done, and it's worked a hundred percent. Yesterday was not down to what the fans did or didn't do. It was what went on on the pitch and and the officiating. I won't have any anything more said about that. If we if if it's officiated correctly, we win the game, and and we we've done our our bit and. A lot of people say in the first 15 minutes inside the ground is you've never ever experienced anything like it in terms of the noise. So the hard work, the hard work behind the scenes has, has been well received and appreciated. And the hard work continues again on Thursday because it's no difference. It's in our hands. 
big game. We've got to go there full of positivity and, and, and roar on the lads, hopefully over the line, and we're going to discuss that after our final break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, and it's all eyes on Thursday night, 7.45 kickoff, Goodison Park. The game in hand on, on Leeds, effectively. Leeds have only got one game left. Obviously, we were a point clear. And it's, it's this simple as it was against Brentford. Win the game, we stay up. And it sounds, it sounds really easy. We can see how things can go wrong on the football pitch and how they can negatively impact what we're trying to do. And it's it's got to be one of our biggest game for, for many, many years. You know, people are, are comparing it to Wimbledon and, and Coventry and those types of games. And as I say, let's not write off Arsenal away. It's another game. It's another game. You know, we're still in our hands even after Thursday. Even if it doesn't go, go right, it's still in our hands. But listen, let's try and get done Thursday. Let, let's try and at least have a few days in this season where we can relax because I woke up this morning with a knot in my stomach. I've not felt great all day. I'm pretty sure it's down to, to Everton. Um, and I want that feeling to go. I want I want a sense of relief. Because that's all it will be. It, it wouldn't be celebration time. It's relief. We can get over the line. And we've got to believe, haven't we, Lee, that on Thursday, you know, given even we've got, obviously, a couple more suspensions, hopefully a couple of players come back. We've got to believe that we've got enough there to beat Crystal Palace at some Park under the lights. Yes, we do. Of course we do. And we have to reset and go again. Like the manager said himself, you know, we can't be feeling sorry for ourselves now. The situation, like you said, is still in our hands. We don't want to be reliant on other teams. By all accounts, Brentford have got a bit of beef with Leeds, from what, what, what I've read in terms of Leeds calling them a small club back in the day, you know, when they were both in the championship. So, you know, by all accounts, Brentford aren't going to roll over for Leeds on the last day of the season. That'll be a tough game for them. But I don't want to have to rely on that. And I'm sure you're the same. You know, we don't want to have to rely on other teams doing, you know, and bailing us out. Palace, I was looking at their fixtures. You know, they've been, you know, they've been in a reasonable run of form. They were in great form when they beat us in the cup. They beat Arsenal, and then they had a they had a bit of a blip where they lost three on the spin against Leicester, Chelsea, and Newcastle. And then I was thinking, right, so that you know they've had a half decent decent run then. But if you look at the runs they've had there, they then drew with Leeds. Then they had Southampton, which they won, and then Watford, they won close game 1-0 the other week that sent Watford down. So really, if you're picking the teams who are probably in the worst form in the league at the minute, you'd definitely put Leeds, Southampton and Watford in that category, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? So they, they've had a, you know, a nice run of, of fixtures there. And then obviously they came across a Villa side who were obviously clearly trying to finish the season strongly. Um, and it was a close game. You know, they managed to nick a draw there. Uh, but by all accounts, it was pretty much an even game. So it will not be an easy game. It never is against Palace with us. You know, uh, as I said before, it always seems to be under the lights. It always seems to be, you know, a close game, um, particularly in recent years. Um, but it's still a winnable game. It's still a winnable game. No matter how you dress it up, it's a winnable game. Yes, Sahar's in decent form and he will cause the team's problems. Uh, I believe you told me that Elise is out for the season now. He was a real talent for them. Elise is out, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a big, big news for us. The young lad, Gay, who played well in the Cup against us at centre-back's a good player. Um, Eze, Gallagher, we know about. Both talents, you know, and can cause us problems. But ultimately, if we have the crowd behind us like we did at the start of the game the other day, then, or yesterday even, then I genuinely think we can intimidate them and we can really drag this team over again. You know, the key is to keep 11 players on the pitch if we can. And like you said, for officials to do the bloody job properly. But ultimately, going into that game at home, it's a real opportunity again to put this to bed. Yeah, it's it's a big chance, isn't it? And we've just, like you say, it's about just regrouping now as a collective, as a as a fan base, as a team, as a coaching staff. 
you know, we've just got to regroup and, and, and go out there believing. You know, if we if we start the game like we did against Brentford, we, we win the game. You know, if we go in there with the same attitude and the same belief and the same energy and keep 11 players on the pitch, we can win the game. Make no mistake about it. And, you know, we, we shouldn't be going in there thinking we're not good enough because on our day, we are good enough. We've, we've beaten the likes of your Chelsea's and we've gone away to Leicester and beaten them. We've beaten Man United. We've beaten Arsenal over the course of the season. You know, so we, we've got to believe that we've got the quality in the squad to, to do a little bit of damage. And it's it's up to us to to back them as best we can. You know, even if you know we we, we face adversity during the game, you know, let's let's try and keep let's try and keep our our voices as loud as we can. Let's do whatever we can to to to, to roll them on because you know what it's it's so big for us, and we we've not been here for many years. And we were saying before, weren't we? It's the, the first time as as adults that we've been involved in this kind of scenario, um, it's not nice. You know, you want to go into the last game of the season relaxed. You know, even if you're sitting in mid-table, you're relaxed, aren't you? You're looking forward to, to going to the beach and, and having a bit of time off yourself. At the moment, you, I, I can't look past, you know, six days' time and I can't. And I want to be able to, after Thursday night at Goodison, have three days of just... And where I don't need to care, to be honest. And I'm sure my wife, she 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 feels the same. Should have been a nightmare to live with. Um, I was a nightmare last night, apparently. Although I thought that was all right, but uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Um, but you know, we just need to need to put this to bed. You know, it's been a, a horrific season. It's not been good enough, and on the field, off the field, it started with the appointments of a certain former Liverpool manager, and it, it it's got progressively worse as, as time has gone on with a few little bright spots along the way and let's just get it done, Everton. You know, it's I know I know no one at the club listens listens to this podcast, I'm sure, uh, from the playing staff, but you know, just get it done. That we, we, we believe as a fan base we can do it. And we've got to believe that, you know, we, we've got to believe that, that we've got enough in the in the bank to 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 do some damage against Crystal Palace. And it's going to be raw because it's going to be high intensity. It's going to be nasty. It's got to be everything that we that we want to make it make it the most difficult place for Crystal Palace to come. They're on holidays. They're done. Their season's over. They're happy, you know. They, they, but they're playing with freedom, and that's that's a tough thing for us to deal with. So we've got to we've got to counteract that. Get on top of them. Zaha always reacts. Always reacts. If you get under his skin, get under his skin. You know he's a quality quality player. He can hurt you, but get on his back straight away. Because we've yeah, got... and and to be fair, Seamus has played him well in the past, hasn't he? Common minds him up. He does, he does. But I, you know, I know Seamus is getting on now. He's not the player he was. But when you look back at the games you've had against him, those two have had some right battles down that down that uh, right side or left side for them. So you know, no doubt. Um, hopefully, like you said, if Keane's fit, then we can have you know two centre halves, actual centre halves in there, um, and hope to God they are fit because that will make all the difference. Um, otherwise, they'd be targeting Seamus playing at centre half, wouldn't they? Or, or even potentially one of the young lads coming in. So, so yeah, it's it's massive in that respect. But we can win the game. It's a winnable game. I I can see us scoring against them. You know, what I mean, we were cutting through Brentford at will, as I said before, until sending off. So, you know, the, you know, I can see I can see us scoring against them. And Richarlison's in decent form at the minute. He was unlucky, obviously, not to score the other day. I mean, he was you know Calvert Lewin just got the the, the tightest of glances on it. I thought Dom acquitted himself pretty well, to be fair. You know, it was a lot to ask him to play 90 minutes, particularly 70 minutes with 10 men. There's no way on this planet Lampard would have wanted him to play those, 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 that number of minutes, would he? You know I mean? He would have brought, he'd like to have brought him off probably after 60. And obviously he was stretching a bit towards the end, wasn't he? I don't know whether he was feeling his groin or whatever. When he was interviewed by Sky after the game, he didn't mention it. So hopefully he's all right. But it's a big ask to come in for that particularly with 10 men for a majority of the game, for him to put a shift in. Um, but he'll carry a threat for him. He'll give him something different. Dom didn't play in the cup game, did he? You know what I mean? And and he will he will give he will give him problems at the back. You know, they, they reverted to five at the back themselves recently, uh, Palace. Obviously, they've had, they've had um, you know, Nathaniel Klein and Tyrant Mitchell playing left and right wing back, haven't they? And, and and by doing that and then playing three in midfield and then playing, you know, Zahar just off the front line or Zahar just sort of roaming around, if you like, then, you know, that that will be interesting to see if we match them up doing the same. Um, 
Go on, you're yeah. going to say something. Yeah, well, against Villa yesterday, they, they had four at the back. It looked like, it looked like a 4 2 3 1, but could be, could be a 4 3 3. So it'll be interesting to see whether we try and match them up ourselves and try and go three in, mid, in midfield. And if, if Alan's fit, he comes in with the core and you play a Wobie as a third or four out of the three. Um, and, and get back to then Michalenko, Coleman, probably Keane Holgate if both both are fit. Uh, and then look at then Dom in the middle with Richardson, Anthony Gordon. It's probably, the, I mean, if you need to freshen things up, if Gordon's gas and then you've got the Maigre, you can start the game. But interesting to see if Frank thinks he needs to match them up. That'll, you know, that'll be. be I, 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 th- I think we'll stick with the five. I think we'll, I think if we've got the personnel to do so, I think we, you know, that that's made us more solid. Um, I don't think Delph will be available, sadly, but I think Alan has to come in if he's fit, um, because we'll need someone in there, you know, to be able to, to be able to put their foot in uh, in, in midfield. Um, you know, if if he does, he'll probably go with him and Decore. I'd imagine, wouldn't he, in the middle there, potentially again with Iwobi playing on the right side. Um, of if he does go with the five at the back as an option, um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. Again, it's all it's all down to personnel available, doesn't it? It's all down to personnel. Um, and at the moment we're on, we're you know we're on the bare bones in terms of you know either people now suspended or or, or injured. Um, but yeah, like I said, look, we've got to go into it with positivity, Mike. We've got to. Um, it was it was a you know really unfortunate result yesterday in in circumstances that were out of our control. But ultimately, we've got to go into this, and I'd like us just to put it to bed um, before the last day of the season because Sky are gagging for this. Absolutely gagging for this to go to the final final day. They've got the title going to the final day now, likely. They've got the Champions League places going to the final day, and now they want they want this big you know relegation sort of extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. They want all that to go to the final day, uh, so they can get their multi-screen on and they can literally you know ramp it up in terms of pressure and everything else that they love to do. And um, it, it, like I said before, it sounds facetious as hell. It sounds conspiracy theorist and everything, but TV money just controls everything now. You know, I mean, it really does. And 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 if they can if they can try and play even just a small part to create that drama, then even better. I mean, they couldn't wait for West Ham to try and get a result, could they? Do you know what I mean? In that game to try and make sure the title goes to the last game of the season. So I don't I don't envisage Liverpool having any problems. So they'll probably get their wish going in going into that into that game as well. So let's put it to bed. It seems that most people or everyone seems against us in that respect, but, you know, the powers that be. Um, and then let's just get this game out of the way so we don't have to go into the last game of the season. Because Arsenal, they've got a tough game tonight. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a weird sort of result for us that. Do we want Arsenal to win? But then they basically only need potentially, you know, a, a draw on the last game. Because let's be honest, Spurs have got Norwich, haven't they, last game of the season. So that's a shoe in for a win for them. So Arsenal will be thinking now we win we win our two games now we've got Champions League. So it's a weird one that um, how that plays out for us. Do we want Newcastle to win tonight? So then Arsenal are then you know sort of second favourites then because then if Norwich go sorry if, if uh, Spurs go three or four up quickly against Norwich, then Arsenal can't get Champions League can they when they're playing us? Do you know what I mean? So you know we probably want. Newcastle to win that game at home tonight against Arsenal, don't we? So that means Arsenal go into the final game without it being in their hands. Yeah, ideally so, but I just don't want to even want to look past Thursday. I don't yeah. want to think about yeah. it to be honest. It's Thursday, and Thursday for me is is the absolute key, and we've we've got to win it. You know what what what's your what's your prediction for the game? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because as I said, it depends on the personnel be as available. We'll know more after his press conference. But if we can pretty much put the same side out and add Keane and Alan to that, then it's going to be a nervy game, Mike. I, I, I just think I think we'll just edge it two one. The yeah. optimist in me tells me I think we'll just edge it two one. I think the crowd will really turn up again. It'll be a night game. It'll be absolutely bouncing. You know, we'll be down there early, won't we, and things like that. So you know, I can't wait for the atmosphere for that. And as I said, if we channel it in the right way, intimidate them have a go at them from the first whistle like we did against Brentford, then, yeah, I think we'll just nick it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think 2-1. You know, re- really tense game. Really, really think it will be. Um, decent side. But I've got the belief that we can we can get over the line and, you know, hopefully and enjoy a little bit of time after the game. You know, um, all eyes are on it. 
it's massive. We, we've got to do our part. And listen, if you're religious, go to church and say, you know, or whatever you like to go, wherever you go and pray, go and pray. If you're not religious, think happy thoughts and positive thoughts. Most importantly, get yourselves down there. 5.45, coaches rocking up. Same again, same um, same script as it was against Brentford, same script as it was against Chelsea. We'll do our bit. We'll do whatever we can. You know, besides getting on the pitch and actually, you know, carrying the ball and looking to score, we'll do everything else. You know, the players just need to turn up and, and we'll back them. Let's get this season over and done with and end on a positive note. And we will catch you after the Arsenal game on Sunday. Let's finger, listen, fingers crossed. It's a positive chat then. Uh, fingers crossed the, the, the job is done before then. But if not, we've got to get the work, got to get the job done. Either way, Thursday, Sunday, get it done. We'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.